Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Stay tuned. Deliverance is next. Parental discretion is advised. Live worldwide. Deliverance with your host, Jay Bartlett. For the next half hour, Jay will be exploring the unknown, the strange, the supernatural. Ready or not, you're about to experience Deliverance. As I mentioned last night, during the Holocaust, during World War II, historians generally agreed there were, there were four groups of people. They were the perpetrators, the ones who did extreme evil against the Jews. There were the victims, the precious Jews and others. There were the bystanders those who sat by on the sidelines who just watched. And then the fourth group were the rescuers. And like I mentioned last night, in the context of spiritual warfare, it's important that you are not a bystander or a perpetrator. And God forbid that you be a victim. But if you are a victim, God cares. And we're here to help because we are desiring to be rescuers. And that's our fourth group. We want to be rescuers. We want to be on the front lines of spiritual warfare, rescuing precious souls from Satan's grasp by the power of the Holy Spirit. And God desires for you to be a rescuer. There are four groups of people that exist on the planet they're perpetrators, those who do extreme evil. They're victims who've been victimized by the perpetrators. And then, of course, there's those bystanders who stood by and watched the evil go on, go on without ever intervening, without ever doing anything. And then, of course, in our day and age, there are many rescuers. Are you a rescuer? I pray that you're not a bystander. We need more rescuers. Well, as a rescuer, my friend, God has given you spiritual weapons. Spiritual weapons that can be used at your disposal to fight off, the war, to ward off the evil that exists in our day. To push back the perpetrators, to help the victims, and to jolt the bystanders. My friend, you need to be a rescuer. You need to be a rescuer. 
The day of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is, is very near, and we need to rescue souls. For a soul without Jesus Christ ends up in eternal hell. That is why there's a need for rescuers. We're speaking of eternal matters. And the rescuers deal with eternal matters. And tonight, we're going to continue to discuss the spiritual weapons that rescuers have on tonight's edition of Deliverance. I'm Jay Bartlett, and I'll be here for the next half hour exploring the unknown, the strange, and the supernatural. Ready or not, you're about to experience Deliverance. Hey, what's up? This is Michael Tate with another story of a Jesus freak from the Voice of the Martyrs. In some countries, authorities attack and arrest Christians in the cover of night. Not so in Somalia. On January 5, Asha Mberwa, a young wife and mother, fearing for the safety of her family, was on the phone making arrangements to flee the Mogadishu area. Al-Shabaab extremists were monitoring that call and decided to make an example of Asha. The next day, she was arrested. The day after that, Muslim extremists took Asha into the street, waited for a crowd of witnesses to gather, and tragically cut her throat. For the latest on Somalia from the Voice of the Martyrs, go online to persecution.com. What's up? This is Michael Tate with a thank you to a small church in a faraway place as they demonstrate what it means to be a Jesus freak. It's 1991, Canal, Peru. Terrorists burned down their church and 17 houses, all belonging to Christians. Their pastor is murdered, yet the very next night, 30 of these believers gather fearlessly in the muddy street to sing praise songs, worship the one true God, and even pray for their persecutors. They live by the words of Paul in Philippians 1.27. Conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or remain absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Are you a Jesus freak? Go online to persecution.com. Stay tuned. Deliverance is next. Parental discretion is advised. Pain, 
and demons. And it's my hope and prayer that God would open your ears, your eyes, to this presentation and to give what you're hearing consideration for the powerful truths that are offered on this broadcast. A wise individual once said, words often fail when symbol, where symbolism succeeds. While taken together, they frequently make spiritual things more fully grasped. And this is so very true. My friends, even the Lord Jesus often utilized symbols in his healing work. Few people think that the mud Jesus smeared on the eyes of the blind man held any special magical power per se. The mud was a tool consecrating the hands of the Lord. And in 20 years of performing exorcisms around the globe, I have learned the importance of utilizing Christian symbols in encounters with the demonic. Christian symbols are powerful representations of the truths that are recognized by the evil spirits working on our planet. I've seen their utter hatred of holy objects and symbols, and they clearly are affected by them. Holy Scriptures, anointing oil, which I discussed last night, blessed salt, holy robes, anointed materials, crosses, blessed water, and other sacred symbols and objects have been utilized by believers in the Lord Jesus Christ for centuries in combating evil and ministering to those who are tormented by evil forces. I've often resorted to the use of holy objects, elements and symbols of driving out evil. And as a rescuer, you need to know about these things. You need to know about these spiritual weapons. <laughs> you need to know about, you need to be educated, equipped, trained. So you might be going out forth, fully armed, to take down demonic strongholds, push back the enemy, and cast out demons in Jesus' name. An online Catholic encyclopedia, New Advent, noted that symbolism, quote, may for our present purpose be defined to be the investing of outward things or actions with an inner meaning, more especially for the expression of religious ideas, and that a symbol is effective precisely in the measure in which it is sufficiently natural and simple to appeal to the intelligence of the people, close quote. My friends, holy symbols and objects represent some powerful truths that dispel demonic forces. I've been an eyewitness of this reality a number of times. I mean, did you know the Apostle Paul in the Scriptures employed holy objects in his personal ministry? We read of this in the book of Acts, chapter 19. Now God worked unusual and some translations extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. I'm hoping that this broadcast will lighten you, the listener, to the use of some of the Christian symbols and objects that are at our disposal. And ministering to those needing liberation and healing, rescuing precious souls. And I'm going to also touch on the subject of angels for their presence and strength of powerful beyond measure. Now, 
allow me to talk about consecrating sacred objects. As believers in the Lord Jesus, we can consecrate objects and omens. We can literally set things apart for the use of the kingdom of God. In the Old Testament, the people of God consecrated objects. In fact, the Lord God told Moses to do, to do so, in Exodus 40. And you shall take the anointing oil and anoint the tabernacle and all that is in it. And you shall hollow it and all of its utensils, and it shall be holy. You shall anoint the altar of the burnt offering and all its utensils and consecrate the altar. The altar should be most holy. And you shall anoint the labor and its base and consecrate it. In First Timothy chapter 4, Paul tells us, For everything God created is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, because it is consecrated by the word of God and by prayer. We could set apart certain things in life through prayer. For objects to mean anything in the spiritual world, they must be consecrated to be made holy. In order to do this, simply set something apart spiritually by praying over it, and dedicating it in the holy name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> a powerful weapon that I often use, that believers have used for obvious reasons for centuries, is the cross. In fact, the church that I oversee is called the Church of the Cross. I have a high regard for the cross, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. And sacred scripture tells us that the message of the cross of Christ is powerful against Satan. The Apostle Paul tells us over and over that we have triumph over evil by and through the cross. Of Jesus Christ. No wonder Satan hates the cross, for the cross represents defeat to him. I've used the cross and the crucifix many times in exorcisms and have seen demons tremble at the mere sight of it. Recently, a minister friend of mine and I encountered a young man while evangelizing on the streets who blasphemed Jesus Christ. My minister friend pulled out a cross which caused the demons within this young man to glare at the cross. This troubled man blasphemed, grabbed the cross out of my friend's hands, hurled it to the ground, and quickly departed. The cross had an effect on the spirits within him. Evil demons abhor the symbol of the cross. I've often commanded demonic spirits to look at the cross, to look at the crucifix, and I've seen them weaken as a result. I have used crucifixes often, and they work, my friends. And my my fellow rescuers, I would recommend you purchase a cross. Put place it in your home, in your kid's bedroom. Put put little wooden crosses on on trees outside your property if you have any. At the very least, put them in your home. Purchase some or obtain some crucifixes. Consecrate them. Use them. Their powerful symbolic representations are both obvious and powerful. 
Like I said, I've placed the symbol of the cross throughout our home toward off evil. And it works, my friends. It works. In Numbers chapter 5, there's another weapon that we have at our disposal that largely the Protestant church ignores. Yet the Orthodox, the underground and the Catholic church acknowledge. And in Numbers 5, we read of the priest of the Lord using holy water in the ministry of God. Water is another symbol, an element that can be used, utilized to assist hurting souls. There's a blessing used for both water and oil that the Catholics often use. It gives us great insight into the sacredness of God's creation and the use he has given it for the healing of the nations. And the blessing goes by such as this. We bless these creatures in the name of Jesus Christ, thy only Son. We invoke upon this water. And this oil, the name of him who suffered, who was crucified, who rose again from the dead, who sits at the right of the uncreated, grant to these creatures the power to heal. May all fevers, every evil spirit, and all maladies be put to flight by him who either drinks these beverages or is anointed with them. And may they be a remedy in the name of Jesus Christ, the only Son. That's a beautiful, beautiful blessing. And true, water, when blessed, can be used to expel evil spirits. I've used holy water to drive out evil spirits from those tormented. I remember one night, my wife and I were dealing with a young woman who was carrying on a secret affair with an evil spirit. And she confessed to loving. The spirit would often tell her that she was pretty. This created a satanic bondage in her life. And she sought out my wife and myself to perform an exorcism on her. During the exorcism, I blessed some water and asked the woman to drink it. Upon drinking the holy water, the evil spirit within her weakened and begged for us to stop using the holy water. She was delivered from that spirit. In the demonic realm, water symbolizes God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God's holy scriptures tells us a glorious throne, exalted from the beginning, is the place of our sanctuary. O Lord, the hope of Israel... All who forsake you will be put to shame. Those who turn away from you will be written in the dust because they have forsaken the Lord, the spring of living water. <clears throat> no wonder demons hate their hatred of water blessed by him and in his name. It's recorded that even on the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me. And drink. Jesus is the living water. Another powerful weapon we have at our disposal, my friends, my fellow rescuers, is holy angels, calling forth holy angels. You know, the holy scriptures speak of their existence, and yet many in the church ignore their reality. And their precious work on our behalf. Now God in his goodness created angels. And they're here to help us. Thousands can testify of their interaction with these mighty beings which love 
the Holy Trinity. I've spoken to them on many occasions and have hosted them in a home. I've asked them to assist me in ministry, and they have readily made themselves available. Though there are times they are hindered by demonic forces as seen in Daniel chapter 10. My son has interacted with his angel, and my wife and I have witnessed their actions on scores of occasions. We're not to worship them, but we are to respect them and allow them to assist us in the work of the ministry, especially when battling demons. It's interesting, in the Old and New Testaments, God's precious people interacted with angels. Abraham, Moses, David, Mary, Joseph, the early disciples. I mean, did not even our Savior tell tell us that even our little ones, our babies, our children, would have their own angels? Jesus said so in Matthew 18.10. Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. It's interesting, the church, the body of Christ, understood from its earliest days that God provides us holy angels. In Acts chapter 12, we read of Peter's encounter with an angel in jail. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now, Behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly, and his chains fell off his hands. Then the angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals, and so he did. And he said to them, Put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him, and he did not know that what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they were past the first and the second guard posts, they came to the iron gate that leads to the the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door, a girl named Rhonda <coughs> came to answer. When she recognized Peter's voice because of her gladness, she did not open the door- gate, but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. But they said to her, you're beside yourself. And yet she kept on insisting that it was so. So they said, it is His angel. It is his angel. Meaning, in other words, they, the church, praying at the home, understood that Peter had his own angel. Another powerful weapon we have, besides the holy water, holy objects, the cross. is the weapon of the Holy Communion. The Lord's Supper, the Holy Eucharist. 
and most powerful spiritual weapon at our disposal is the elements of Holy Communion. For we see in sacred scripture and through tradition the powerful effects of the Eucharist when used in the context of spiritual warfare. Recently, at a public exorcism service, attended by many, many people, a young woman had arrived to receive freedom from the powers of voodoo and the occult. For many generations, her family had participated in the darker elements of the occult and thereby passing on to their daughter tormenting spirits that were affecting the entire family. Prior to the exorcism, she participated in the partaking of the holy elements, and immediately she tasted the blood and the body of the Lord. As the demons within her reacted and caused her to blaspheme the Lord Jesus and the sacrifice, and she could taste the blood, the demons hated the mere taste and caused her to get sick. My friends, there is power in the Holy Communion, for it proclaims the gospel. Did you know that? 1 Corinthians 11.26 bears this out. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And as you know, demons abhor the gospel, for it is the gospel that defeats them. Furthermore, does not the Lord Jesus go even further by shedding some light into this very subject in John 6? And Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. And whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your forefathers ate manna and died, but he who feeds on this bread will live forever. No wonder, my friends, demons are so disgusted with the elements of the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, for it contains real food. As the food consists of our precious Savior, Jesus, the sacred elements can sustain. The sacred elements can strengthen the believer and expel evil from your midst, for it invites a special presence of the Lord Jesus, for you are partaken of his body and his blood. Another powerful weapon is the Virgin Mary. Evil spirits abhor holiness and holy people, obviously. The past 2,000 years, they have been sickened by the mere mention of the Blessed Virgin Mary, for she was holy unto the Lord. And moreover, she was a precious virgin untouched by sexual sins. In many deliverances, we have witnessed demons weakened by the mere mention of the Virgin Mary, for it reminds them of the incarnation, of course. You cannot separate the mother from the son, Jesus. Obviously, she played an enormous role in the life of the Lord as she bore him. Within her holy womb, she carried holy Jesus. Jesus was safe within the Virgin Mary and gave birth to him. In Luke 2, we read more about this. When the time of their purification, according to the law of Moses, had been completed, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. 
Think about this passage for a moment. The Blessed Mary took him to present Jesus to the Father. God the Father permitted the Virgin Mary to take our Savior to him. Think about it. What a beautiful, holy responsibility. She was permitted to do this because she was holy. She offered her son to the Father. Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. And Luke 1, we read of her status before the Holy Trinity. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. She she wasn't merely favored, but highly favored before God. She is part of the gospel message. Jesus was, was conceived within Mary by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he was born of the Virgin Mary. The Holy Trinity adored the Virgin Mary and chose her alone to carry the Son. She was with the Lord. And in his victory, hence the demons disgust for the precious Mary. I've often mentioned the Holy Virgin birth of Jesus. And I've seen them tremble before God. There is spiritual power in the message by the Incarnation, which the Blessed Mary is a part of. And it's important to note that though the Blessed Mary is a precious is precious of God, she was still a sinner in need of a Savior. Jesus chose her despite her sin and purified her for his sacred use. My friend, these are weapons I would encourage you to use for they're powerful unto God. You could use them as rescue rescuers, to ward off evil, to, to, to expel evil spirits. We the church, Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We the church... We, the church, is a powerful weapon in the hands of God. Go out in the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. For we win in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.